All right, hello everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Garage Podcast. I'm your host, David, and joining with me, as per usual, is my sexy co-host, Ted White. How are you? Oh my god. How are you doing, good sir? I can get through that. Um, I'm currently contemplating the pros and cons of chomping some of my feet off, uh, <laughs> some sections of my feet off, so that I could possibly find shoes that a normal person would wear. Right. You're uh so yeah, before we started recording you were talking about how you're currently struggling f- uh to find uh, sh- just shoes in general. Mm-hmm. Um but I am riding the struggle bus. Yeah. Uh, but apparently no one under the sun uh feels like carrying right now um black shoes that are mm-hmm. well fit for like Shaquille O'Neal um yeah. and you. Yeah. Uh, I do have Sasquatch size feet, so that is definitely an issue, but what are you going to do? Sure. It does not help also that I am like the pickiest asshole when it comes to shoes or anything <laughs> else. If there's one, th- like if, if, if I had 10 things about a shoe that I liked and one thing that I didn't, that's a no. It's just <laughs> a no. I can't, I can't, I've been doing this for a long time. I can't change who I am now. Well, I mean, I, I think just as humans we're allowed like a handful of things that we get to be like unnecessarily picky about but we get a pass on it i i'm pretty flexible with a lot of things Mm -hmm. and i'm a pretty open-minded guy about a lot of things but so help me god (laughs) if your shoes are ugly they're fucking ugly And I don't mean that in a judgmental way. Like, you know, everybody's got different tastes. I'm going to judge your shoes, but that doesn't reflect on you as a person. <laughs> if you have two pairs of awful shoes, that might reflect on you as a person. But that's another discussion for another time. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, if they sold shoes for both of us in one store, I feel like we would have a decent time going shoe shopping. At the very least, it would be hilarious. Whether or not- I would weep. With joy, <laughs> if I could go to a store and buy shoes. <laughs> I I mean, granted, like, we might not leave the store with shoes, like, and they actually might end up, like, just fucking kicking us out of the store. But, um, yeah, like, I am also pretty picky about the way shoes look, the way they fit, because uh, I was born with six toes on each foot, um, and so my shoe is or my my feet are of normal size like it's a size eight but it's a right irregular width and you're like david they make like wide shoes like you know and uh i'm I'm like no that doesn't work because (laughs) even the width of my foot is irregular it's like irregularly wide at like a diagonal angle instead of like just straight across um so no you're fucking just, help. So it, you're just holding some W's, man, or some L's rather. Yeah, um, None of this matters. Yeah, this is, I, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, so shoes, uh, believe it or not, is not what we're here to talk about. Uh, for this episode. That's a future episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll get there eventually. What we are here to talk about is our second part of uh, martial arts month, which is Wuja. The yes. fighting style uh, known as Wuja. Mm-hmm. Well, technically it's a film style, but that's... The film style known as <laughs> Wuja. 
Um, yes. So that is what we're covering. Um, I am excited, Ted. I know you're super pumped as well. Very much so. Yes. Uh, but before we get to that, a uh, few things, just like always. Um, thank you to uh, all of our current subscribers and uh, new subscribers. If you are tuning in for the first time, we thank you so much for tuning in um, and choosing to give our podcast a listen and a try. Um, I don't know why you picked this one. You might have searched for it. Uh, it might have been recommended to you by a friend. Perhaps um, you lost a bet. <laughs> perhaps you lost a bet. Uh, regardless of what brought you here, uh, we uh, our, our hats are off to you for pushing that play button. It takes a lot of courage. It doesn't take any money, which is great about podcasts. All, all you have to be okay with is going to sleep that night knowing that you wasted a little bit of your time. <laughs> That's all you have to be okay with. Um, but anyways, regardless, we, we do appreciate you giving us a listen, um, and current subscribers, like I said, um, thank you for your continued listenership. Um, actually, is that, do we, do we have anything else to, to cover? I, I don't think, no, I think, uh, I think that's it. I don't think we had a, a Facebook poll this this week um had a couple of discussions on there but nothing that was really like uh, noteworthy uh, of you know um uh, uh, talking about on the podcast so i guess we could just dive right into it um let's do that so uh ted since uh, you you rightfully corrected me on Wuja and the fact that it's not a film style, more of a, uh, or it's not a fighting style. It's more of a, a film style. Uh, I kind of sort of knew that, but, um, since you have a much firmer grasp of, uh, Wuja as a whole, I'm going to let you take the reins from here for at least a few minutes and okay. go into a little bit of detail, uh, for not just me, but obvious, obviously for our listeners who may be a little unfamiliar with the uh, the style. Sure. Uh, so Wuja is uh, l- like literally translated as martial heroes. So uh, these are films that are centered around um, martial heroes, right? I mean, <laughs> it's pretty, <laughs> yes. pretty simple, pretty cut and dry. Uh, typically these are related to, um, fantasy or they have fantastical elements. You might think of these as similar to, um, like chivalric type stories. So, um, all the, there's very clear lines between good and bad in these types of movies. Like the heroes are very like pure and heroic. Mm -hmm. Um, the villains are, you know, they're not like jet black villains but again there's those 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 very there's very clear-cut definitions or uh sides if you will right uh like i said these are these are very akin to you know fantasy they're they're typically punctuated uh by action scenes or instances of things that are fantastical that are impossible for humans to do naturally um you might think of 
like wire foo type moves or uh, things like that. People flying through the air and doing, you know, incredible leaps that are physically impossible for humans, but these characters do them, uh, which is cool, uh, of course. But, uh, you know, there's a... Oh, sorry, I just had a complete brain fart. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, from the uh, the little bit of research that I did what i i kind of gathered is like wuja can also be looked at as like uh almost like a ballet but with sword fighting um uh, there are definitely some films in the genre that do that i mean that's not necessarily um all wuja yeah, films right so, it's not indicative um, of I, the whole right right i will say that in terms of martial arts films the ones that are more balletic or um choreographed in such a way as to be like more like a dance rather than a fight or like more beautiful intriguing is generally going to be wuja films right um, we covered with uh kung fu month or i'm sorry kung fu week last week i should say that you know the fighting while a very integral part of the film it's it's definitely like fighting right the, the choreography right. is like action and, and crunching bones and you know things like right. that Whereas with Wuja, like I said, and particularly in a couple of the films that we're going to talk about now, uh, or rather in this episode, like it's it's still action oriented, but it's done in a way that's much more like a, a dance or like you would see mm-hmm. um, like on a stage, which, you know, a lot of this derives from like uh, from like Chinese opera. So it, it makes right. sense that it's like that. Yeah. Uh, one of the consistencies that I noticed while watching <clears throat> these three movies is that like there's very little blood and I found that very interesting. Um, and, you know, and that's not just coming off of, uh, you know, uh, Kung Fu week, which still like not a ton of blood in, in the, the four Kung Fu movies that we watched uh, that I can remember, but there was very little blood in, in these mm-hmm. movies that we're going to talk about. I mean, there's, you know, a little bit, you know, enough to prove a point, but um, that was one thing that I, I don't know why I just found really interesting uh, was um, was the, the cutback on blood. Um, mm. But uh, also the, uh, the plot and the story um, it's uh, it tends to like not take a backseat. Like it's very much in the forefront of of the right uh, like you know we we kind of discussed with the kung fu movies how like the fighting is what like a musical it's what moves the story forward mm-hmm. i found that to be like pretty similar with the the wuja films that we watched this week but like it's almost like the that's what the whole movie was made up of i don't, I don't know it, it's it's kind of hard to uh, describe. Like, it's just, I mean, what, what I understood was like, you know, the plot is, um, it's like very important and it's also um, very palpable within the fighting. Um, right. So yeah, just a couple, you know, observations from a newbie here for what it's worth. Yeah. I, I think you definitely raised good points there. Um, we're going to cover three films. Um these are not meant to be, as with last week, these are not meant to be a full view of the subgenre or the, you know, the, the genre of wuja films because there are 
thousands of these probably, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as we said last week, we want to cover some that are pretty good indicators of a couple of different styles within that subgenre, as well as films that are pretty readily accessible. Right. Uh, unfortunately, one of these that we both kind of agreed we had to talk about is not really that easy to access, um, at least for, for quote unquote free streaming. Like it's, it's only on the stars app, I think, um, which no one has, no (laughs) one has ever had stars. (laughs) Um, but you can rent it. And I mean, there's still physical copies of it. Uh, and that's crouching tiger, hidden dragon. I mean, that was that movie you know, one best foreign feature at the Oscars that year and um, may have been nominated for best picture. I can't remember. Um, yeah. But it, it, was, uh, it had, well, we can get to that whenever we get to. Um, it was a, it was a big, big goddamn deal. Oh yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Uh, at the time it was, I, I yeah. remember like they talked about this, like they had never like a foreign film. I had never been to the Oscars before. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the second film is hero starring uh, everybody basically from uh, one of my favorite directors, Zhang Yimou. Um, very excited to talk about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, lo- I love this movie. Yeah. And then finally, we're going to go a little classic uh, and do Dragon Inn, which is directed by uh, King Hu. You put in the notes Zhang Yimou, which is incorrect. It's King Hu. <laughs> uh, oh, I prop. That's a copy pasta error. My yeah, bad. That's all right. We can edit that out of the podcast. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I felt it was important that we covered something a little classic. Uh, you know, you got to know your roots, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, this all uh, this allows for a good comparison and contrasting between uh, some of the newer Wuja films like Hero or Crouching Tiger, which, while not new, I mean, obviously both of those movies are, you know, nearing or or at around twenty years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not terribly new, but compared to Dragon Inn, which was released in like 1966, I think they're, uh, you know, they're, they're much newer. And also they have a, uh, uh, a, a different sort of style. Like I said, we want to, we want to kind of cover a few different, uh, a few different types of films, maybe. Right. Uh, not, not exactly the way to say that. I'm not, my words escape me right now, but you know, we didn't just want to cover three movies that are the same. Like, we talked about maybe doing like Hero and House of Flying Daggers and Curse of the Golden Flower. And I'm like, yes, those movies are all great. <laughs> However, let's branch out a little bit. We don't just want to nail like three Zhang Yimou right, yeah. films. Yeah, I, I threw out House of Flying Daggers. But at the same time, I was like, mm, I feel like this is within the same camp uh, as as like Crouching Tiger and Hero. Like, you know, just a, a little bit more polished and, you know, around the same type, time period. Um as far as release dates go and then uh you know the same fighting style etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh yeah uh so we're going to cover dragon in first which uh you know was the first released chronologically um it's 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 kind of hard to understate uh, or overstate rather the influence of of king who as a director um if you've never seen any of his films please watch them they are amazing and you may watch some of them and be like well this this is kind of corny or this has like you know this looks dated well keep in mind number one like he a lot of the tropes that you're familiar with like he's building mm-hmm. um and also they're like fucking 50 years old so cut on some slack <laughs> based on that um <clears throat> excuse me 
This is probably not his most famous movie. It might be. I mean, there's an argument to be made. Uh, I don't think it's his best, but the reason we chose this one um, is because it's 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 pretty readily available, um, and it's a very good, in my opinion at least, and, and probably in a lot of other people's opinions as well, like I'm some kind of fucking expert or something, but uh, it, it's, a, it's a great starting point for sort of that, that era of Wuja films. Right. <clears throat> uh, should have said this at the top, but we didn't cause we're dumb, but uh, spoiler <laughs> alerts for all of these movies. If you haven't uh, seen them, yeah. uh, I definitely encourage you to watch them. We will, uh, we will, you know, talk about where they're available to stream as well. So you can go check them out, but uh quick plot synopsis on dragon in the, uh, there's an execution of an army commander for betrayal. Uh, the emperor and his eunuchs expel the remaining children uh, of that executed commander as a ploy to draw out his confidant and advisor. Uh, the plan was to be completed as an ambush by the Black Arrow Troop at the border uh, at the end of Dragon Gate, hence Dragon Inn or Dragon Gate Inn. As uh, various journeymen arrive, the emperor's plan begins to fall apart. So, David, uh, talk yeah. to me. What did, what did you think when you were watching this? Um, man, I had a lot of thoughts about watching this. Um, this was the, this was kind of the third, third one that I watched. Like, um, uh, and, and so it was interesting going from like the more polished look of like hero to, to like this. Um, and, and obviously the huge jump backward in time, um, as far as release date goes. Um, but I, I liked it. I thought it was, uh, it had me actually like laughing at a, not like, you know, knee slapping, laughing, but like chuckling uh, at a few moments. And I, I wanted to ask you, do does this movie have intentionally funny parts, like parts that are supposed to be humorous? Yes. Okay. So cool. it's not an out and out comedy, but there right. are definitely uh, a couple of the characters are either meant to be comedic in terms of um, like sarcastic or quippy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then one character is kind of comic relief in a more physical comedy kind of way. Right. Uh, again, not an out and out comedy, but there are definitely some moments um, where the brother is, uh, the, or the, the sister is knocking the drink out of the brother's hand because the wine has been poisoned. Right. And she keeps oh, yeah. saying, Oh, you're drunk. You know, you're drunk. And, and he's kind of the foil there. Um, he has a couple right. other moments where he's rushing around uh, getting worked up and they're like, calm down, calm down, calm, you know, kind of in a comedic way. Yeah. Um, so you're definitely on point. There are, there are, uh, certainly intentionally humorous moments within the film. Yeah. Um, now I didn't get this vibe throughout the, the entire movie, but definitely for a decent portion of it, especially whenever, um, I, I'm blanking on the character's name, but he's, he's the one that, uh, he's the one that initially shows up. He had like the white, uh, mm -hmm. uh, white, uh, outfit on, uh, looked like he, he maybe had some rouge on a little bit, a little bit of makeup going on, but <laughs> he like, 
he was basically the first one to fuck up the plan. Like, you know, he walks right. in and they're like, Hey, we don't have any uh, rooms here. And he's like, that's okay. Like, I just want something to eat. And they're like, actually, you should probably get the fuck out. Um, yeah. And he's like, nah, fam, I'm going to stay for my drink. And uh, yeah, like uh, when, when, you know, he sits down and like, everyone's kind of looking around like uh, uh, what what the hell are we supposed to do now like they told us no one's supposed to be here like it's just supposed to be us we're waiting it's gonna be an ambush um and like that tension that builds over time because it's not something that like is resolved immediately it's you know mm-hmm. over a period of time like i was starting to get like um like this was you know you had mentioned at the top like these movies uh, and, and this movie, especially being, you know, a, uh, a concept, uh, for other movies to be built on. Um, so I was getting like hateful eight, uh, kind of feel to it as well as like the, uh, the basement scene from inglorious bastards. Like I, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's no secret that Tarantino is a huge fan of, you know, martial arts movies, um, a thousand percent. Yeah. but yeah, like this scene in particular, like it felt very familiar, um, you know, where like there's, you know, they're, they're drawing out tension just by like, (laughs) you know, making you uncomfortable in, in this Mm -hmm. situation, like doing a really good job of putting you in this uncomfortable situation. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting, uh, you know, how I kind of, felt like i had seen this trope before and then it was like one of those flashes like oh yeah like ted is always telling me about like hey this movie is from like a million years ago but we have all these new movies to thank for it um so there's that um let's see what else do i have in my notes um i yeah i don't know overall like i liked it um I felt like it was a little slow at parts and also Mm -hmm. a little long, but you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not super familiar with, um, this, uh, this film genre or sub genre. So, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure if Wuja films are supposed to be a little on the longer side. Cause I, I did notice that the runtime for these was on average about 15 to 20 minutes longer than, the, the ones we covered last week. Um, yeah, I, I would say that um, typically these are a little bit longer by design because they're more story intensive, like you said. Right. Um, I, I would agree that this film is a bit of a slow burn, especially when compared to the films we watched last week or discussed last week. And even compared to the films... Um, the the other films we're going to discuss today hero and crouching tiger like it's definitely still an action movie and the last uh half hour or so is very action heavy and oh yeah parts you know um prior to that it's not like it's just the last half hour that were you know nothing happens for 90 minutes and then in the last 25 it's balls to the wall right um you know there are some action scenes and some set pieces prior to that but it, it is more of a uh, definitely more of like a, a slow burn than, mm-hmm. than anything else we've covered this month for sure. Yeah. 
but no, overall I liked it. Uh, I, I thought it was a fun watch. Um, I, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, fun, like I said, funny at times, uh, that, that kind of added to, I, I love the dynamic between, uh, the, the brother and sister duo. I liked how, yeah, I, I liked how she was kind of a badass and mm-hmm. I mean, he, like he was very skilled as well, but I feel right. like she was, she was kind of like the, the alpha of the, uh, alpha omega, you know, kind of um duo there so mm-hmm. um but yeah like you said uh you know it, it's a bit of a slow burn but you know starting in the third act like it really starts to pick up and then doesn't let up off the throttle until mm-hmm. <laughs> basically it cuts to credits um yeah i mean the uh you know the big bad is is dealt with and then it's like all right cool that's that's a wrap get <laughs> get out of here get home safe um, yeah that- but yeah it's a great uh <clears throat> Yeah, that's yeah. Sorry, that I I was just gonna say that's one thing that I find like really interesting and and kind of like a lot about these movies. It's like once, like you said, the big bad is dealt with. It's like, all right, peace out, (laughs) we done. Right. Yeah. There's a. uh, That's what everybody came for, you know. So it. it, um, (laughs) I, I I like that. Uh, You know, to be to be frank, I like that about movies about this movie and other movies like it because it's just like you know um why fuck around with a bunch of unnecessary bullshit yeah (laughs) yeah like you know instead of diving into like oh you know this is this character is headed this way and this character is going that way you know it's just like boom like you know fuck your feelings (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i i definitely dig that um yeah, what what about this movie do you like the most, Ted? Um, I mean, there, there's got to be a particular reason why you suggested this uh, for the our third one to cover. Well, I just thought it was a good a good starting point for mm-hmm. the genre. Um, you know, the it's like the old adage: you got to walk before you can run. Sure. Um, it's great to watch. Like like Hero and Crouch Tiger are both great films, and I don't want to take anything away from them, but I I feel like to really appreciate them, you have to kind of have an understanding of Wuja. I mean, it's easy to look at Hero, and we'll talk about this more once we get to that film. But like, it's easy to look at it and be like, this is very aesthetically beautiful. Um, the choreography is great, but to really kind of understand some of the tropes, I I. I I think it's like with anything else, you know, you have to, you have to walk before you can run. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think a good understanding of the classics can better inform your opinions on the currents. Um, yeah. That's, that's one of the reasons, like I said, there are any number of other films that could have been picked for this, even other films from King who that could have been picked from this. But um, I, I ultimately settled on this one because I felt like it was a good representation without being either overly long um, or too dense. <clears throat> in rewatching this, this is the first time I've watched this movie in a long time um, uh, the other night. And I, I was thinking and I was just like, man, I, I remember this movie having a lot more of the Wuja style. Right. Uh, like the, the air combat or acrobatics. And that does pick up towards the end. Um, but then I thought, I was like, well, 
that's kind of an oversimplification of what Wuja even is, right? Um, that's definitely a trademark, but it's not the hallmark of it. So um, that's another reason I wanted, I, I'm glad I picked this one is because it, it, it shows you kind of a different side of the genre. So there's definitely the, the chivalric stuff, you know, like the, uh, the, the traveler is tempted uh, or they attempt to tempt him a couple of times right to join the evil side oh we'll give you money and power and a great you know a great title and this and that and he's just like no i can't do it you know for for this reason for that reason um you know he's basically like i've picked my side and i'm sticking with it or you know i I, i've taken the job and i have to i have to finish it you know Mm -hmm. um so i i think a lot of the tropes come through loud and clear you know um which is the point of the you know, the point of the films. So right. uh, that's, that's kind of a long winded way of saying, cause I wanted to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no, that definitely makes sense. Uh, like you said, you know, the, the movie, you know, maybe a little rough around the edges, you know, just because of, um, the fact of it being like 50 years old, but it's got solid guts, you know, and it's, it's a great, like you said, fo- foundation for, um, building upon that with other like more recent uh, Wuja films or or more just in general so um, but yeah like I said overall enjoyed it uh, I uh, I definitely understand why it's on the Criterion channel um, <laughs> it definitely felt like one of those movies um, mm-hmm. so yeah uh, let's fast forward a few years, um, just a couple, f- few decades, I guess. Uh, and, and, and let's cover, uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yes. Which, uh, as we have said, and we'll continue to say it, this movie was a phenomenon when it mm. came out. Yeah. Very big deal. Mm. So, uh, quick plot summary, a young Chinese warrior steals a sword from a famed swordsman and then escapes into a world of romantic adventure with a mysterious man and the frontier of the nation. This movie fucking rules. Yeah. That is my official stance. Dude. <laughs> so, okay. I saw this movie like two or three times when it initially came out, like within the first year or so of it being out. Like I, I think I watched it with my parents, like back in, uh, back in my day, you, uh, you know, you went to either blockbuster or Hollywood video and you rented some, vidges for the weekends and Mm -hmm. this was one of them um the the movie just came out it was you know post oscar season and so this movie had a lot of hype and so i watched it with my parents and like i remember watching it and being like you know like a like a kid that really isn't super familiar with martial arts movies i was like that's that's kind of silly you know flying around and stuff but like I knew that it wasn't a comedy. And so I was like this. So at the same time, I was like really intrigued by, uh, by it just as a whole, like right. This, this much different style. Let's just say it's like not mortal combat, which is what I was (laughs) used to. (laughs) Um, Yeah. This is about as far away from mortal combat as you can get while still retaining martial arts as a backdrop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like that that should be I mean, you know, no offense to like the the original subtitle of Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. What they should have gone with was Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. 
sort of kind of Mortal Kombat, but definitely not really. <laughs> Mortal Kombat for adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this this movie was a fucking powerhouse uh, when it when it first came out, and mm-hmm. uh, I I definitely grew to love it over time, and and then watching it the other night or revisiting it again, I was like, holy shit, this movie fucking rules! Like, yeah, it it uh, it slaps. As the <laughs> youth say, uh, yes, as the youth say, um. They, uh, the, the one scene that sticks out to me the most, I I don't know. I, it seemed like a, uh, an equivalent of a, like a, a bar or parlor from like Western times. Um, maybe, maybe it was like a, a, maybe it was a bar or like a, maybe like a hotel. Uh, but she just walks in and like wrecks everyone. Everybody. Uh, (laughs) like everybody uh, yeah like i was <clears throat> I, you know i was crafting at the same time and i was like david you don't need to be doing this because none of these movies are dubbed and you have to wa- look at the subtitles but i could tell it was like an actiony scene coming up so i was like okay i'll uh, you know i'll multitask no like it had me fully entranced i was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was the most amazing thing ever so good um but yeah this this whole whole damn movie is is fantastic and i i loved the aesthetic of uh, the aesthetic choice of filming and like that kind of old school like flat muted colors where mm-hmm. where nothing is like super glossy it's just it's very like the colors are crushed um, earthy yeah and and i really you know because this was you know 2000 but like you know things were polished in year 2000 like you know it wasn't like pulling teeth trying to have that like glossy polished look uh, on your film so i really kind of liked how they chose to stick with that more classic you know flat style um you know like you said ted you know more earthy tones so yeah. Um what uh what are some of your favorite things about this movie? To be to be perfectly honest, it's kind of hard for me to narrow anything down. Um this is the first Wuxia style film I remember watching. Oh yeah. Um yeah, and I mean I had seen kung fu movies before, like I I know I'd seen Bloodsport before this, um which is I mean we're stretching the definition there, but I I know like it's a martial arts film. I, I'm pretty sure I'd seen Enter the Dragon and or probably other Bruce Lee movies. Um, so, like, I wasn't... The idea of, like, martial arts films wasn't foreign to me. But I think the idea of this type of martial arts film was foreign to me. And I can remember vividly, like, a friend of mine bringing this over on VHS. Right. And watching it and just being <laughs> like, what is fucking happening? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like I, I it's burned into my brain. I, I remember that. So it's kind of difficult. It's it's like picking your favorite child. You know, it's kind of difficult for me to narrow one thing about this movie down because it's it's been so influential to what I like mm-hmm. in films, and and is a big reason that I'm as into this genre as I as I am. I mean. 
you know, that's not to say that if I had seen another Wuja film first that I wouldn't still be because I just, I enjoy that style, but I just, I was blown away by this movie. Like I it basically watched it and then rewound the video and started it again. I was just like, what did I just witness? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> and you know, this movie ages like incredibly well. Like, yeah. you know, it, like I, I watch and I'm like, Oh, this could have been filmed like, you know, yesterday and yeah. I, I wouldn't have you know thought twice about it um the, there's a couple things that i found really interesting and uh really increased my love and admiration and respect for this movie um when i was going through the trivia so um michelle yo uh, I, I think that's mm-hmm. how you pronounce her name mm-hmm. um she i don't i don't know if she's american born i i didn't get a chance to look into her backstory um, a whole lot, but she, um, you know, she plays uh, the, the older uh, female lead and uh, apparently she didn't know um, like hardly any Mandarin. And so like a year before the movie started, like she quit all of her jobs so she could like learn Mandarin. Um, so when she, uh, which presented a, and another another additional like interesting thing like the three main actors they all had different accents when it came to mandarin like hers was more of an americanized um mandarin accent and then the others you know they were from other parts of the country i thought that was Mm. also kind of interesting um also this movie made a shit ton of money Um, a whole bunch of goddamn money yeah like (laughs) um it's uh let's see it was the first foreign language film to earn over a hundred million dollars in the u.s um mm-hmm. that's a big deal uh yep. and that's that's in 2000 money mm-hmm. um like the year 2000 so so yeah that's pretty big deal um but yeah um man i'm trying to think of like specific things that i uh other things that I really liked about this movie. I, I liked how the, the fighting styles you, you got between the three characters. Like mm-hmm. when, uh, when Michelle Yeoh's character and is it Z Zhang? Yeah. Is that close? Okay. Yeah. Um, when their two characters fought, like, um, Michelle Yeoh was like, so effortless and fluid, almost like, uh, like a, a Jackie Chan, but in slow motion. I don't know. It was just mm-hmm. um, so like, I guess defensive and, and Zhi Zhang, her, uh, you know, her fighting style was like much more aggressive. Um, and uh, like, speaking of which, like I, I forgot that like little turn, like towards the beginning of the movie, when you're first introduced to, um, to what's her name? Jade. Mm-hmm. and uh you find out that like she's been holding back her uh <laughs> her skill level and you're like holy shit right <laughs> yeah um but yeah i i don't have too many uh, other thoughts on the movie other than it fucking rules and i forgot exactly how much it rules like i want to go actually buy this movie now like i'm kind of sad that i didn't just I almost bought it on Blu-ray, just mm-hmm. sight unseen, just because I, I thought 
like I might actually rewatch it. And I kind of wish that I did that instead of paying like the four bucks to rent it. Yeah. I had this on DVD that I bought from um, Hollywood video, I think. Uh, oh yeah. Back in the day. And then I, I, I lost it somewhere. It oh. Sad, sad day. I need to, I need to purchase it again on Blu-ray. Um, Cause I think there's a, uh, an anniversary edition out or something, or maybe a bundle with the sequel, which uh, is not as good. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm going to take this time uh, right in the middle of our fucking podcast um, and add this to my McKay's uh, checklist uh, to yeah. check next time uh, we go there. Um, but anyways, uh, Ted, do you have any additional thoughts on Crouching Tiger before we march onward? Uh, Chow Yun-Fat is the goat. Yeah, he is. We we hardly yeah. talked about him. Uh, we apologize. Yeah. Um, no, the the scene where he's a, like he's just practicing sword fighting solo. I was like, it gave me the chills. I was like, what is this guy's on a whole other level? Yeah, Chow Ch- Yun Fat is the greatest. Uh, effortlessly cool, but that's neither here nor there. This movie fucking rules. Yeah. Uh, last and certainly not least is Hero, starring. Uh, everybody, but most probably most famously to American audiences, is Jet Li. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick plot synopsis. It is based on the story of an assassination attempt on the king of Qin in 227 BC. Uh, I'm actually not sure if this is pronounced Qin or Qin because Q is kind of a tricky one in uh, in, in some of the Chinese dialects. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to pr- just... Continue to pronounce it probably incorrectly. Uh, but when the Empire is out to conquer the Six Kingdoms, the character of Nameless, played by Jet Li, claims to have killed the three major threats to a potential assassination of the Emperor. This gets him a an audience with him uh, to explain. This, this gets him an audience with the Emperor, I should say, to explain mm-hmm. how it happened and claim his prizes. Uh, David. Thoughts? So... I'm still debating, but this might be my favorite of the three. It might be. I, I don't know. I Because I watched Crouching Tiger a couple times, but so long ago, and this one for the first time. So, you know, they are both fresh in my memory. Uh, I don't know. Like, this one was just totally visually mesmerizing like from start to fucking finish Mm -hmm. like you could you could put this movie on mute treat it like a silent film and although you would be missing out on a fucking fantastic movie score um this movie would still work as like a silent film because it is just beautiful to look at like just the the colors uh, like the the attention that the director paid to um to like the color palettes and um and all that and just the the very elaborate sorry elaborate and intricate fights um the the choreography to that uh it's it really felt more like the uh you know the chinese opera um style of of wuja so i don't know it's just it was almost like relaxing in a way. Like, I mean, yeah, there was, you know, some hardcore sword fighting to the death, but mm-hmm. um, 
still like it was it was a very fun and like chill movie to watch um so yeah i don't don't know what what uh what do you what do you think about hero you don't like it do you no hate it can't stand it um (laughs) i think that hero is one of the most aesthetically beautiful films i've ever seen um not just in terms of wuja films but just films overall um I think that there's a strong argument to be made that this is the pinnacle of the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I'm the person to make that argument, but I think it could be made and probably made successfully. Uh, I, there's just not a part of this movie that I dislike. I mean, you can point to some of the effects like they're kind of corny looking, uh, like some of the arrow storm is kind of dumb looking. Um, it didn't age super well. Some of the CG or what appears to be CG, at least Mm -hmm. those are all very minor complaints that take nothing away from the film. Yeah. I, I noticed that as well. And I didn't care. I was like, yeah, you just just don't care because the rest of the movie is so engrossing and so enthralling. Yeah. It's, it's not even enough to take you out of the movie. Like it's noticeable, but you, you are more than willing to give it a pass. Yeah. Um, I just remember watching this movie for the first time and being like, "What? where the fuck has this been my whole life? <laughs> um, you know, I was familiar with Zhang Yimou. I'd seen some of his other films. I own most of his work. Um, you and I went and saw Shadow at the Bell Court. Mm-hmm. Um, also another various... Another great, beautiful. another great movie. Um, he... I, I don't want to say he's like a color director where everything he does is like based on, a, you know, oh, this is his blue film, like, you know, the blue period for Picasso or what have you. But, um, you know, this is a very colorful movie. Red is very prominent throughout this film. Uh, Shadow is is black and gray. And those are not accidents, right? Mm -hmm. Like Shadow is a very dark film uh, in comparison to Hero, both in terms of color palette as well as thematically. Yeah, (coughs) very dark. This one, sorry, this one yeah. tends to have a, a a few more bright and uh, it's got it's got some bright spots to it, right? Yeah, yeah, namely the the yellow forest scene um, as they're tree hopping, very very bright, vibrant, saturated colors, which apparently they had to uh, the the cast and crew and director they all had to wait for a very very specific time of year and they i think they only got like two or three weeks of shooting before Mm -hmm. the whole forest changes to uh you know to a different color i don't know maybe green um but yeah and apparently they only had it uh oh no i'm sorry i'm thinking of the uh the water scene like that was actually uh in the middle of like a you know, an active river, but, uh, and it only had like two hours of chill time per day Mm -hmm. where there was like no motion in the water. So they could accomplish that very, you know, uh, smooth glassy, uh, look of the water. And, and Mm -hmm. so for like it, I think it took them like three weeks to film it where, uh, cause they would only have, 
two hours per day of the water looking like this and whatever they got done during those two hours, it was like, well, uh, we'll pick it up again tomorrow. Right. Um, so I, I just thought that was really interesting. I, I love when like, I mean, it's easy for me to say, Oh, I love to hear about really complicated processes during, uh, filming because, I didn't have to fucking deal with it, but right. it does make me super appreciative, more appreciative and, um, and all that for, for the process that goes into not just general movie making, but also this specific movie. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I thought it was also pretty cool that they used, um, actual, uh, members, uh, or soldiers of the Chinese chinese people's liberation army uh i thought that was pretty cool uh, apparently that was h- how they were able to get one hundred and eighty thousand extras to film those like arrow right. scenes and stuff um that was another like visually stunning part of this movie is like the epic scale of things like when you get those big shots and you know they're all marching and you're like holy shit like there's uh there's like no cg to this this is actually just a shit ton of people marching yeah and there are a couple of segments where there's just like a ridiculous amount of people yeah for sure um i uh, i was reading a review on imdb and this person brought up uh that they thought it might have um been influenced or is hinting to um Taoism and or the five elements because like mm-hmm. there's uh, a few very or at least five main locations and they all kind of hint to one of uh each of the five elements um right and so i thought about that you know i looked up the five elements to be sure i knew what the hell they were and then um, and this person actually took the time to give a brief explanation on Taoism. And I was like, holy shit, like those two things could definitely be true to this movie, whether or not that was the intent of the director or not, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought that was neat. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. There's definitely a lot of different ways that you could take a reading of this film. Um, it's definitely not just something that is as cut and dry as, you know, there's always more to it right right yeah um what was i gonna say um this movie required much more uh it demanded much more of my attention than the other two not to say that the the other two didn't but this one like for sure um because i'm a bit of a a dumb dumb when it comes to following uh, semi-complicated uh plots in a movie i yeah i didn't quite get it as it was happening like i really had to go you know hit up the wikipedia page afterwards to really understand what was going on just because of like the the different stories kind of illustrated all these different events you know because you know the the first first time you know these characters that died in one scene are all of a sudden resurrected in another you're like okay like there's some time hopping 
multiple or different versions of the same story being told. So, uh, yeah, that, that did take me a little bit of adjusting, but I think that alone would make for a fun rewatch or revisit of this movie eventually Mm -hmm. just to clarify those few things. So, Yeah, I can dig that. And this one is definitely a little more, um, maybe not difficult to follow, but a little more, uh, I can't think of the word I want to use, but um, it's not as straightforward, I guess, as as uh, some of the other films we've watched or yeah. discussed. Yeah, um, it was... I mean, by the time I got done reading, you know, a couple articles about it and like I said, the Wikipedia page, uh, which, you know, those usually do a pretty good job of summing up, uh, summing up a movie and hitting the the highlights and kind of clarifying things. Um, <clears throat> I had a much better understanding of it, but yeah, like I said, I, I, I think that will provide a great opportunity and reason to revisit it down the road so for sure once i get some more martial arts movies we got to get through the rest of the month first before i revisit anything because we still have like i don't know at least six movies to get through so um yeah do um do you have any other thoughts on um on hero before we move on to shit that doesn't suck uh no i do not other than it rules it it does in fact rule and uh you should you should watch it it's true yeah true story um all right ted do you have something lined up for your shit that doesn't suck uh <laughs> Uh, no, you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> Shit that doesn't suck. All right, so my shit that doesn't suck for this week is... Uh, Shit's Creek. Uh, I completed it, I'd say maybe a month, month and a half ago, uh, and I was not an okay person afterwards. Uh, it was definitely the tearjerker that everyone promised it would be. Um, and then I spent some time rewatching all the nonsensical stuff that I usually watch on a pretty regular basis, and then I decided to revisit Shit's Creek. But yeah, this is. Uh, God, it, I mean, everyone that has seen it and that likes it, you know, it. there's nothing new to be said about this show because it's, you know, it, it's so damn good. It's like wholesome Canadian comedy with the occasional F-bomb thrown in there. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know, the characters are so dynamic and... Um, uh, yeah, it's, you know, the the... The relationship of Eugene Levy and uh, Catherine O'Hara is, you know, I mean, there's a reason why the two of them are in like 11 movies um, in like the 2000s alone. 
Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Shit's Creek. That's my uh, shit that doesn't suck for this week. Uh, Ted? What's, right on. Um, <clears throat> so I, uh, uh, I was visiting a, a friend of mine uh, a while ago. Um, and uh, we were looking at movies to watch and we stumbled upon this movie called Unhinged with Russell Crowe. Oh, okay. Uh, and we ended up watching it. And man, this is a fantastic bad movie. <laughs> we had a lot. It's not, it's the, the movie is not good. It tries to say a lot of things and, and, and I don't think it's really successful. Russell Crowe is amazing in it. He, he just is like completely fucking insane in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I love Russell Crowe. I don't, I, I'm a Russell Crowe apologist. <laughs> not that there's a lot to apologize for, but I feel like he will take any role um, and make it worthwhile, even if it's dog shit. And I feel like this one was kind of approaching that. And he is easily the best part of the film by leaps and bounds. And it was just fun to watch him basically act like a maniac for 90 minutes. (laughs) So uh, not for the faint of heart, kind of dumb, but an incredible amount of fun. And that's unhinged. It came out about a year ago uh, or came out during 2020 sometime in 2020. Yeah, I think this was one of those casualties of, you know, a movie approaching the the theater and then everything shut down and they just decided to bite the bullet and release it on DVD. Um, I think that's how I remember it. I could be just dumb and wrong, which is usually the case. But yeah, I might have to check this one out. Uh, I remember you mentioning it and then hearing about it. So, uh, yeah. Um, Ted, if you don't have any other thoughts or uh, things to close out with, you can uh, go ahead and put a pretty little bow on this piece and say good night. Good afternoon. Yeah, good morning. I, I got I got nothing. Good, <laughs> good afternoon. Good morning. Right. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate your listenership. Um, if you haven't done so already, make sure you like, subscribe, follow. Um, leave us a rating and review Uh, it's basically Apple Podcast and Stitcher that's uh, basically the only two places you can leave reviews Uh, but um, one star five stars none of this middle of the road bullshit you commit to the bit Um, and uh, yeah um, I I guess that'll do it and as always be kind stinky key and eat lots of cheesecake bye Thank you.